Dream Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's what do you reckon, Bix? Should we um, should we sign a ten-year deal worth two hundred million dollars, like Kyle and Jackie O? Two hundred million dollars. Mm. Do you reckon? I haven't listened to Kyle and Jackie O. Do you reckon, is their deal a parody deal? Do they get the same? Definitely, yep. yeah. He's fought really hard for that. Hmm. Yeah, which is good. Is there, if... if Something the, we should probably if, do. I'd be happy to do that. I think I'd be well below what you're getting paid. Well, I did read an article about SEN's high paid talent, and I immediately thought of you. <laughs> Don't use sarcasm. That hurts when you say it like that. They were talking about, I'm sure, Jared Waitley and others. Oh, there's, if, if we can offer you any advice today, if you want to hear Craig Hutchison at his all-time best, mm. have a listen to the latest Sounding Board podcast because he addressed a few myths that are floating oh, around the media thought, at the moment. I thought you were going to say the elephant in the room. No, that's our segment. <laughs> <laughs> we should get the Adelaide Zoo to sponsor that. Yeah, why not? Commercial guys, are you listening? Rubbo. Well, the Adelaide Zoo don't have elephants anymore. Oh. We have to go to Monato. Valet. Yeah, we should get Monato Zoo to sponsor that. Why not? We should do it live from Monato Zoo. And every time, you know, the elephant has to make a noise, we'll get someone to pat him on the head. That's so he trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wouldn't that be good? Live. Yeah. We'd go out there. You'd go out there with your microphone and record an actual elephant. Some of... Are you open to feedback, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the things you've said today mm. um, and what you did just then gives me confidence of why I'm the creative one. I was being stupid there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, did, you, did you think I actually meant you to go to, out to Monato with a microphone? Yes. Well, I wouldn't be doing it. You'd be doing it on your own. No, we're a team. <laughs> we're a team. We had a good show today. We spoke to um, one of the mooks. From the Redbacks. Mm-hmm. One of the Nathan Mooks. Nathan Mc... Which one was it? Andrew. Yeah, I knew. I'll just see if you knew. Um, we also spoke to uh, Nathan Cosmina. Um, remember Nathan Bracken with his long hair, the cricketer for Australia? Oh, there's an old couple sitting out there. Oh, they've been there for a while. Um, and what, what was the relevance of Nathan Bracken? I was thinking Nathans. We had two Nathans on the show today. Okay. Name another Nathan. Nathan Eagleton. Nathan Bassett, Nathan Burke, Nathan Lyon. Buckley. Yep, Lion Nathan. Nathan Lion. <laughs> I used to work for Lion Nathan. Did you? What did you do there? They were on West End Brewery, Lion Nathan. Great. What did you do there? I was a sales representative. So you went out and sold beer mm, to pubs. Beers Bickley is getting a bit of branding now. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. If you want to hear the story about how Bix forgot to walk out and uh, hand old mate Oscar Ryan his Crow's Guernsey because he was having the beers, um, you can have a listen to that. Say that tongue in cheeky. You have to listen to the story. And Quick Bix today was the draft edition. I, I think next week's Quick Bix, because it's the last one of the year, mm. we might do the year in review. Yeah, do that. Okay. But I, I would have been present for the whole year, so I've got a little bit of a head start. Physically? What, you don't think I pay attention? Absolutely not. Oh, wow. That, that hurts me when you say that. I, I put a lot of time and no, energy. You backpedal everything because you'll say, what do we got coming up next? And I'll go, mate, we've got this. And you go, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I'm looking at the running sheet. Yeah. And then we'll say, okay, we've got something like um, the good stuff. And you go, okay, just going to go into Google. What is good stuff today? <laughs> that's, that's not the case. No, it's not. Whatsoever. It's not. I generally do it five minutes before the show. I spoke to someone about you <laughs> no, yesterday was, and they're like, you know, Bix is embracing his role of the star of the show. And I thought that is quite fitting because I do need to do everything for you. But I, I accept my role because we help each other out. Mm. Well, we, we all we all role play. That's what makes a team. What does Sam Fantasia role play as? Well, he's the producer. What at, does that mean? At present. Well, he's doing all the, all the organisation. He's doing the tweeting. Good tweeting. He's doing the setup. Of the show, mm. he's uh, he's going to have to fix the printer because the printer's not working. <laughs> it's like the, the has, every, has every office got a printer story? The, the like? castle, that scene on the castle when he's fixing the printer or the fax machine. <laughs> <He's> a, yeah. <laughs> um, see, Sam's just asked if we can do pay parody for producers. Yeah, I mean, sure, probably they, they just do a formula. It's like twenty five percent. <laughs> okay, um, the podcast is something we enjoy doing and we appreciate you all listening. We've only got four shows left this year and if we get asked back next year, it'll be great to come back. So um, we'll see what happens. And Bix, good show today. What are you going on for the rest of the day? Seeing a guy about a thing? No, I've got a couple of clients to see. Uh, and then tonight... <laughs> it's the same answer. No, no, I was going to say tonight I'm heading out to um, Jarvis Ford talking to Will Davison. Do you know the guy with the moustache? Which one? From the Jarvis Ford ads? Yes. Okay. Dr. Doctor Bob, we call him. Why? Is he a doctor? No, he's not. That's his nickname. But um, he's retired now. He's been retired for a long time. Why is it his nickname? I don't know. What do they call you, Digger or Jazz or whatever? Jazz works with Jared, but is he a doctor? No, he's not. Maybe in the bedroom. I think it was his nickname. His name's Rob. And oh, yeah, Rob Doctor. And makes no, sense. And he's so the Rob then, Doctor. Then he was Bob and... On the Muppets, maybe? Dr. Bob? Is he on the Muppets? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Maybe different generation. I don't know. I, I didn't ask. But anyway, um, he's a lovely guy. He's retired. And we're heading out to talk to Will Davison and Anton Di Pasquale tonight. So should be good. Okay. Um, well, have a good day. Yeah. I'm going to get really friendly with Will because he's driving me around the track. What do you mean really friendly? Well, I'm going to make sure he's not drinking too much, make sure he's sort of mentally acute. Gear sticks in order. <laughs> so everything is cherry ripe when he takes me on that hot lap tomorrow night. All right. Well, good luck. And um, I'll see you tomorrow. Will do. Your local tyre power. Holiday getaway sale. Get four for the price of three on Falcon Wild Peak all-terrain tyres. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! And a very good morning to you. A beautiful sunrise across beautiful Adelaide. And it's beautiful to see a beautiful Mark Bickley back in Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bix, it's wonderful to have you back live in Studio Lumo. How are you? Oh, good morning, Jared, and good morning, everyone that's tuning in. Um, I was only away for one day. It's not like I was gone for a month or anything. Yeah, but it's nice to welcome you back. I think it's great to have you here. Just um, Thank you. You know, you were missed. Oh, that's, that's appreciated. Um, I, we did talk, though. I was just down the front line. What a negative way to start a wonderful uh, embrace of love this morning by just pouring just a whole lot of cold water uh, no, over I, my embrace to your return. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe I'm just... 
pragmatic. You're and, tired today. You look tired. Well, maybe that's to do with not getting much sleep. What happened? Are you all right? No, no, I'm fine. I just meant, you know, draft, late night, early morning, flights, you know, back again. But here we are. I'm not complaining. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, do you want to take over? No, no, no. This is good. Now, I, interesting. I want to get your thoughts because, first of all, I want to ask a question. You're mm. in the full kit of Adelaide United. You've got the top on. You've got the shorts on. You've got white socks and white shoes. You, you look like you're about to go out and run around and kick a soccer ball or have a game of tennis. What was the... Well, I did notice uh, over the past couple of days, Adelaide United signed a young player from Metro SARS, um, Austin Ayubi, and potentially I thought maybe I'm a chance if they wanted a 39-year-old bald striker and I could be that tall guy similar to Harry Sutta. Corner delivered by Craig Goodwin. Let's see if history's about to repeat. Goodwin's delivery... It has been repeated. Extraordinary. Good win to Sutar. Same result. 1-0 Australia. So uh, the Socceroos got the 1-0 victory last night. 1-0. Over... Is that disappointing from some people's thoughts? Um, I, I th- it's a tough one. Uh, four changes to the starting lineup that Graham Arnold made. Uh, 1-0 against Palestine is... It's a challenging result for a couple of reasons. I spoke to Craig Goodwin last week after the uh, game against Bangladesh, yep. and he said that Graham Arnold is preparing them for a lot more challenges. It's going to be a lot more tough. Mm-hmm. So that was proven last night. Matt Ryan kept them in the game. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be overly thrilled with it. Pretty mm. scrappy match. You also don't know what the mentality of the players would have been like having to play against Palestine in Kuwait. Like, it's a, it's probably not the ideal opposition or situation. Well, that that's that's not exclusive to Australia. Absolutely not. I thought it, it, they would have an advantage because they finish the game and they probably jump onto a bus and go to a luxury hotel and yep. get ready to go back to some sort of luxury house somewhere in the nice part of the world where the Palestinian players, I can only imagine what they must be feeling at the minute. Well, I totally agree with you. Let's have a listen to what Harry Suter said after scoring, because you would have heard in the commentary there, Bix, it was Goodwin to Suter, the exact same way the Socceroos started against Bangladesh last week. So Craig Goodwin with a brilliant corner kick into Harry Suter. This is what he had to say. Yeah, uh, great feeling to be on the score sheet again. Um, I never take it for granted, you know. Scoring for, for your country is, yeah, something really special and um, it's just getting sweeter and sweeter, obviously. I win tonight. Um, I don't think we were best pleased with our, our performance. I think we can play a lot, lot better. Um, but it's a great lesson for, for us as a team. Um, you know, a couple of the new guys coming into the squad about playing games away in Asia. Um, you know, this is what you're going to face, you know, long balls. I don't want to be making excuses, but um, obviously it's a very different to the to the home games, Bangladesh games. Um and if you want to go through and, and qualify, these are the games you've got to win. Um, we stood up to the task, um, and, and at the end of the day, we won the game. But uh, we know as a group and a squad, we can play a whole lot better. It's funny when you say Australia's very own Harry Suter. <laughs> you just listen to that. So um, that was good for the Socceroos. So it brings you back to why I'm I'm dressed like a footballer today. And we are here thanks to uh, Mourn Team. Everyone's talking about Mourn Team and tyre power up to uh, $200 off the Michelin Pilot Sports. Um I got changed at four o'clock in the morning, mm. as we always do. And it's coincidental how this has happened today, but it's also quite fitting because we are going to speak to Nathan Cosmina, who is the CEO of Adelaide United today. Mm. I think it was a really good time to do that because we can ask all of those questions about, well, where's the money going 
that we as a football club have received for Nestor Irin Kunda. Mm. What does this mean? Um, you can chuck in a bit of money from Craig Goodwin as well. So it's been a, a fruitful uh, six months, hasn't it? Yeah, and Adelaide United have announced over the past two days too that they are going to have a big celebration for their 20th anniversary. So that's going to be in January, a big dinner and a big event where they wanted to show a bit of love to their past greats because I've spoken to a few players about this before. Adelaide United in the past didn't have a very good history of um, farewelling greats of the club. And now they've reconnected. But players like Travis Dodd, Eugene Galakovic, Marcelo Karuska, they didn't leave in the, the, the nicest just, way. Just on that, though, just name me the club that has. I think there are certain clubs that have farewelled their champions well. Look at Tom Jonas and the way that he was farewelled from Port Adelaide this year. That's someone who uh, had a forced retirement, essentially. He did his what his calf in the last couple of weeks. He had a, a horrible year playing in the reserves, and they gave him a fitting farewell with, uh, with Adelaide United. And when you say what, fitting farewell, he didn't play. Didn't play, but he had a fantastic send-off on the field in their final, mm-hmm. the final. So walked off in tears after a really disappointing final. With Adelaide United, players got moved on against their will and they weren't celebrated the following yeah, yeah. year. Well, I get that. So, so they're different scenarios, aren't they? One's a 30-odd-year-old who knows the time's up because he's played a lot of the year in the reserves. Another player thinks he's got more to offer mm-hmm. and then goes somewhere else to play. They're totally different scenarios. And, and similarly with Geelong. People hold Geelong up as the great club, but think about James Podsey Adley and James Kelly. and James Podsey Adley, with all due respect, wasn't a club great no, no, no. or well, captain. Okay. Well, what about um, uh, uh, Norm Smith medalist, Stevie Johnson, James mm. Kelly? So many of those players, you know, James Bartell, you know, finished up when he thought he could still play. They end up going to different clubs. Like, all I'm saying is it's problematic when players think they can still play on you know, and we, we talked about uh, Daniel Johnson as well. Like, it, it's not an easy time for players to finish and for clubs to be able to do it to, to make both parties happy is what I'm saying. You and, also have a choice in how you um, handle that exit, though. So if – use the 36ers as an example with Daniel Johnson mm-hmm. – if he was not going to be part of the 36ers setup this season, which he's not – then a conversation would have happened at the end of last season. And then with a player that's played 400 games, I think they are deserving of a press conference to say, this person is not going to be part of the club next season. We're going to celebrate him in the way that we would like. And in everything, Wouldn't they have offered that? To, I, I was under the, the understanding that all that was offered to Daniel Johnson. You, still, you don't need Daniel to do the announcement, though. Hmm. So you can say we're just going to um, retire his jersey, which is fantastic. So my point is, with Adelaide United, mm. Travis Dodd uh, signed with Perth Glory as a former captain. Marcelo Karuska went to another club. Eugene Galakovic ended up going over to Melbourne, where they're back at the club now, and they feel more connected as they probably didn't feel in the past, mm. which is a yeah, it's a I, good thing. Yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm just saying, though, like even Buddy Franklin, for example, we all wanted the fairy tale for Buddy, didn't we? Yeah. But he got a calf injury, then didn't play, uh, didn't really want to go to the press conference, didn't want to go to the grand final prize. So, he, you know, you could argue, oh, you know, that, that send-off. But it is what it is. And sometimes players, when it's the end – they just don't want that. That that's not their style. They don't want the fanfare. And but we as fans want to show something. And sometimes mm. just those two things aren't sort of they don't merge together. So all I'm saying though is you can go to every club and 
every club, bar none, will have past players who feel like, oh, it didn't end the way I want it to end because very few get the fairy tale end. I just think there's a difference between past players and past captains. Is there? Yeah. I reckon there's a massive difference. Why is that? You're a you're a captain of a football club. Mm. So yeah, I, I feel that has that has some sort of prestige attached to it. Yep. Yeah, okay. And it probably should. You're the person standing on the 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 premiership dais holding up the cup. Um, I think being a captain of a club, you're a captain for life. So no matter how many games you've captained for, then there should be some prestige about that and mm. should some sort of celebration. And you, I don't expect you to comment on that because you're you're humble and you're not going to say, yeah, I deserve everything. But I think something comes with being a captain. Mm. Yeah. And once again, just opinions, no rights, no wrongs. But I, I get sometimes I get upset because I know the Adelaide Footy Club have copped a bad rap about the way players finish, but. The, and the connection to the club. But I look hard enough. You'll find it at every club because mm. players don't want to finish up. They want to keep playing, most of them. And the club often may have to make a call. And those two things don't marry. And so then that's where you get upset. And then the next thing that happens is once you've been a player for a while, the last thing you want to do then is hang around the club all the time. So the club often invite and say, come back and do this. But you know, you've had your time and then you go on, you've moved on to other things. You don't want to be seen to be hanging around. So that's why sometimes there's the, uh, there's a little bit of a, a period where players go away, but this is why things like the father son's Academy at both footy clubs or all footy clubs now where 10 years, 12 years, 15 years down the track, the sons get back involved and there's been enough separation for the fathers to come back. And there's a whole different cohort of players and they can reintroduce themselves to the club, which is, I know from personal experience it's happening at the Adelaide Footy Club, which is great, and I'm sure it's happening at all clubs. 12 minutes past six, uh, you can rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale, which is on now. We'll also speak to uh, Nathan McAndrew today from the Redbacks. Quick Bix, and I tell you what, it's very, um, it's nice outside, Mark Bickley. We're going to talk about the draft next. It might be uh, beautiful and warm this morning, but I'd like to say it's quite frosty in Studio Luma with a couple of shows to go. Four, four, Four South Australians drafted last night. Uh, Port Adelaide got three new players uh, from the draft as well, so we'll cover all that in a second. Do we need to hug? No, no, I'm good. Well, we're allowed to disagree. Yeah, but, oh, geez, the stare that you gave me, I'm just, <laughs> I need to go have a glass of water or something. So I will do that. It's 13 minutes past six. If you want to get involved in the show, 0427154166. Good morning. Independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 18 minutes past six on SENSA. Uh, in a moment, Bix, we are going to chuck in a nomination for who's making a difference. We make a difference. Save on your everyday living expenses. We actually caught up with the uh, We Make a Difference team last week into to hear the amazing things that they are doing, not just um, for South Australia, but South Australian sporting clubs as mm. well, putting money back into them is fantastic. Yeah, and can I just say, anyone feeling the cost of living squeeze, this is a way you can trim things like your grocery bills, any other sort of purchases that you've got. You can instantly save 5 to 10%. Click my fingers. Just like that. It's and amazing. Who um, isn't looking for that? My nomination is going to fix everything about the AFL draft. So we'll get to that in a moment. Mm, Can you quickly wait. go through Port Adelaide's selections from last night, please? Because they have three new players arriving at Alberton. Yeah, so um, what they did, they actually traded a couple of their 
fourth round draft picks from next year to get into the draft a little bit earlier. So uh, first up, they traded their fourth round draft pick that they received from Essendon. So this is why they haggled over that pick for uh, Xavier Dersman. They picked up Tom Anastasopoulos. Now, Tom is a small forward. Sorry. You're close. Well, what do you want well, to go? You I go believe yeah. it's Anastasopoulos. Anastasopoulos. Okay. Tom I, An- I think it's Anastasopoulos. Okay. Well, I'm happy to go with that. Tom Anastasopoulos. <laughs> no, there's Anas- no there's no T. It's, it's, no, it's Anastasopoulos. There is a T in there. No, but you said Anastasopoulos. Okay. So you're going to have to Anastasopoulos saying that. It is Anastasopoulos. <laughs> Tom, we apologize because you only have one name and we should respect No, wait. It. Don't say Anas- we apologize. Anastasopoulos. We'll get better at it as we call it a lot. And let's hope we do call it a lot because he's a, uh, a small forward and they took a couple of small forwards, Lockie Char- Charleston. They took at pick 52, which they traded their uh, future fourth round pick to Hawthorne to get pick 52. And then they took a young wingman, Will Lorenz. So um, I guess another, that's a replacement for Xavier Dersma. They probably didn't want to lose Xavier Dersma, but they've added some small forwards, some Lachlan Charleston's a pressure forward Tom Anastasopoulos is a more of a uh, sort of goal sneak, very accurate kick, kick 21 goals, two. So does this just show that um, Port Adelaide had no faith in Orazio Fantasia's body? Well, I think they offered him a one-year deal and he he decided to move to Carlton. And they, I think Jeff Parker uh, was quoted saying last night, they thought their small forward depth was thin last year. Okay. So they thought it was thin last year. They lost to Razio, so they added two players there. Makes me think that uh, uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones will most likely go back yep. um, and play as a defender. He's not really that sort of classy small forward. So that – and just quickly, four South Australia, uh, four other South Australians got drafted. Kane McAuliffe was first. Bodie Ryan uh, uh, went to Hawthorne. Kane McAuliffe went to Richmond. Liam Fawcett. Trinity College boy, uh, Central Districts, went to Richmond and Jack Deline went to Frio. Thanks, Pix. We're here. Thanks to Tyre Power. Your family first. I'm going to fix the draft next. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 27 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Everyone's talking about Mourn Team. So Nathan Cosmina from Adelaide United joining us this morning. Nathan McAndrew from the South Australian Cricket Association. Also, uh, quick Bix. Uh, Bix, before we head to the news, I wanted to bring something up with you. It's my nomination for... Si, senor! Si! Now, we make a difference helping members save up to 12% at hundreds of shops and restaurants. Uh, my nomination for who's making a difference today is me. Okay. Please, make a difference. I thought about this last night with the draft. Mm -hmm. It's a waste of time having the national draft over two days being telecast. And what the AFL are trying to do is make it a television product so everybody sits down and watches it. Yep. But I think that not all Australians are going to sit down and watch the draft because of the generation we live in when everybody can look at their phone and see the live updates, who was drafted from their club. Yeah. So let's meet in the middle, okay? Mm. If this is broadcast on Fox or KO, whatever it is, Fox it's on, it's on footy Fox, last yeah, night. Fox footy, last Fox two footy. Mm-hmm. So why don't they do this? I'm going to keep it as brief as possible. Have the national draft over one night. So mm. Monday night, they have every pick. They don't worry about the top 10, which turned out to be the top 29 in the first round on Monday. Monday night, mm. they have the first round done, 
fantastic. They have all of the analysis with the people sitting down, Lee Montagna and all these other people having a chat yeah. about it. Then they go through the other picks, and this is what they say. If you want to see the rest of the draft, go to our second channel, and then we will go through all of the live picks, and we will do the analysis on the main channel. So while the main channel is speaking to Harley Reid, at the bottom, there's a ticker saying... At pick number 30, Port Adelaide's taken blah, 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 and it's there, and you can bounce back between the channels. You're going to save money as a broadcaster, mm. and you're going to get everything done in one night. Are you with me? Yeah. I might have to – I'll have to sort of think about that over the break because I'll tell you why it, it, it's that's no good. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Just shoot me down, which is <laughs> – no, this is good. What do you think? You can send us a text, 0427154166. Did you actually sit down and watch the draft last night, the night before? I mean, the big rookie draft tonight as well. This is going to be just mind-blowing stuff on television, if it's even televised. Let us know. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, going for 23 degrees today. Mark Bickley's thoughts straight after the news. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 to 7, SENSA Breakfast. Good morning on this Wednesday. The 22nd of November. This is unbelievable how fast the year is going. You can rush into Chemist for the Christmas fragrance sale, which is on now, Mark Pickley. The Christmas lights are in full swing at my house, I'm sure. Yours are going to be up very soon as yes. well. And if you haven't heard, Flight Centre's big red sale is on with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours. Book now to save big before our sports update. We'll bring you up to date with all the draft news. The Socceroos had a win overnight. And, of course, the Adelaide Strikers sitting top of the WBBL table at the moment. Before the news, I suggested that I was the person that could make a difference. Si, senor! Si! Uh, we make a difference. Save on your everyday living expenses. So do you want me to briefly repeat yes, what please. I mentioned? Yeah. I love that intro, by the way. It makes me smile. Thank you. Karate Kid. Um so the draft and the broadcast is over a couple of nights. Tonight's the rookie draft, isn't it? So we'll see what happens with um, Borlace and the, uh, Wingard. The draft might happen this afternoon, even. Right. Mm. So it won't be broadcast then uh, on uh, Fox. Um, I feel that the AFL could condense the national draft into the one evening. So on the Monday night, we have everything. Mm. First round, second round, all the, the picks have happened. Um, and that, that Fox and Fox Footy utilise their dual channels. So um, I'll challenge me on what I said, and then yeah. I can go into a little bit more detail. Yeah. So, so what I'm, what I, the way I understand it is, they want to make the first night prestigious, the first round of the draft, which is the first night. I know that this, this what happened last night was extraordinary because there was four academy bids. There yep. was a couple of father sons. So. 18 picks became 29 because of also there was the Tom Duday end of first round compensation, all those different things. So it's rather complex. But the first round is where the the prestige is. And so what they did at the function was, you know, they invited has-beens like myself to present the Guernseys to those 
you know, the number one pick for each team, effectively, you know, that's what it roughly equates to. And that, that's a really a special moment that's because you, you can put yourself down and call yourself, it has been, tongue-in-cheek, but mm. ultimately it connects yeah, you to you know, pass of the Michael club. Michael Tuck and some yeah. of these great, uh, you know, Boomer Harvey and Robert Harvey and all those guys. Michael Frito. <laughs> yes. Um, but then you also what you had was you had tables where 20 people, like the mums, the dads, grandparents, best mates, brothers, sisters, rap. That And you just saw raw emotion of, you know, years of hard work and dreams realized. So I love that aspect of it. Now, so that's the first night. If you're then going to say, okay, let's just keep going on and do all the other picks. You're going to, you've got another two hours on the back of that. I just don't think anyone's got the, the, the stomach to do the, the two hours of the first round because they're, you know, they're padding that out and there's trading, live trading of picks. And then there's discussion about, who they're going to take. Didn't they put another hour and a half on the back of that? I just don't think that makes any sense. So it's it's a it's an acquired taste. It's not for everyone. Just like I don't watch the, the NBA draft, doesn't interest me at all. I just pick up the paper the next day and read all the picks. I think this is what this is about. Most people will watch the first night. The rest, I reckon, will pick up the paper and read who, who took who, listen to us. But remembering... You're talking about the AFL condensing something. This is a this is an organisation that takes three weeks for the trade period. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Zero four two seven one five four. Being very hopeful and optimistic. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. A text coming in saying, "Yes, I watched both nights. Uh, did you see the recap of Carlton waiting and hoping to get Moyer? That was an amazing thing on socials last night. If you haven't seen it, um, from Carlton. So what I'm suggesting is from for the TV element of it, um, you have on the main channel. The uh, first round or your top 10 or your top 18, whatever it is. So yes. all of the families are invited in that room at Marvel Stadium. Fantastic. They have the celebrations, the Guernsey presentations, and that part of it is done. So let's say at 6, 7 o'clock at night, that will go for an, an hour, an hour and a half. Brilliant. No, no, no. But like, so last last night, or sorry, the night before, the, the first round, it ended up going for what, three hours? Yep. Yeah. So that's... That's your first night, three hours. Yep. So, you, so what are you suggesting? You go for another another hour and a half after that. Yep, absolutely. So, so five, then, five hours. But if people care, they're going to watch it. Another text coming in saying, I only tuned in when Port Adelaide started their picks, not interested in other teams. And that's mm. from Rhonda. Mm. But on that night, if you're trying to – I think the two nights is just – too long. So if they put it on the one night mm. and then from a television point of view where a lot of people are going to be watching it on the television, as you said, if you are one of the Port Adelaide players who wants to see their name being called out, you can still have that experience. So on the main channel, you're having your broadcaster speaking to Harley Reid, you're speaking mm. to the, the top 10 and the ticker at the bottom is saying this person has been drafted. Oh, oh. But if you are the other person waiting, so if you're a Port Adelaide player whose name's about to be called out, you're watching the other channel where the live announcements yeah, are still but, happening. But what if you want both? What I, I want to hear about Harley Reid and, and I want to get the emotion of his family and is he going to stay in Perth? But at the same time, I'm also interested if Kane McAuliffe is going to get drafted. His name appears at the bottom oh, of the yeah, screen. Yeah, well, I know, but I just don't want the name appearing on the bottom of the screen. I, I, I'm listening and intently listening to Harley Reid. I'm not listening and watching the screen. and I, I want all of it. And so instead of five hours and instead of if you've got – Imagine if you're, you've got a friend, a schoolmate, uh, or someone 
who you're hoping to hear that number. You're going to sit there. For, you expect people to sit there for five hours. Absolutely. No. If you care, and you you have to be so invested in watching the draft if you really care about it. I just think it may makes sense. Split it up into it's the premium on the first night, and you can you can really stretch that out, and you get all the feel goods. And then the next night is for your diehards and the people that are really invested in it. So um, I think the moment it became too long, though, in regards to the prestige was taken away from that first night when 18 turned into 29. And that's never going to be the same. So unless they can say we're having 18 picks on the first night and there's the prestige, what will 29 potentially blow out to 35 next year? No, I I think... This year is an anomaly. 29 is the biggest it's ever been. So so let's not jump at shadows because one year went long. But our text message that said, see the recap of Carlton waiting and hoping to get Moyer. Moyer was the last pick of the night. So so there, there was still stuff going on. And the second to last pick of the night was Oscar, uh, Oscar Ryan, who Adelaide took, who was there on the night. As a teammate mm. celebrating his mate, all of a sudden Matthew Nix taps him on the shoulder and says, "We're going to draft you." That was amazing, and the peanut up the back of the room from Adelaide, who was meant to be presenting the Guernsey, was having a beer and wasn't wasn't ready to. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew Nix had to jump up on the stage because the, the the producer told me that's it. All the guys in the room. So were you supposed to do it? I was supposed to. If any Adelaide player was going to get presented, I was supposed to give the Guernsey. <laughs> But the like, pro- this is new information. But the producer on the night said, every player that's been invited has been drafted. So you're done here. You can go home. So I went back. I was having a beer with Tom Chadwick. Remember Tom Chadwick? Tom yeah, worked absolutely. Channel 9 with myself. He's the media guy from Sydney. We're having a beer. And then they called out Oscar's name. Oscar was there celebrating with a friend because he got drafted. And all of a sudden... Uh, Matthew Nix tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, mate, just get ready. In three seconds, we're going to read your name. So, out. hold on. Okay, let's let's not <laughs> – let's just not so forget there's what the, – there's the drama. The headline is Mark Bickley, instead of presenting the Guernsey to the Crows' last draftee, was having a beer out the back and missed his moment. No, no, no. I, I was told by the producer all the boys that we invited – have all been drafted. No, that's fine. We're you can, done. You can throw the producer under the bus, but <laughs> let's just look at the facts here. You missed the Guernsey presentation because you were having a beer out the back. Mm. Well, I was actually in the crowd amongst all the – this, this is what it was like. It was like actually it was like a nightclub because you can imagine what it's like. So every player, they invited about 20 players. They all brought 15 people. It was an open bar because it was, you know, a, an event, you know, a private function. Yes. And so imagine if you got – Drafted picks, you know, one, two, three, four, five. All the mates that are there, you know, forget the players who are all doing the right thing. They're all up and celebrating. So it was quite a, by the end of the night, it was quite a raucous event. There was lots of fun and everyone's smiling and Mark, happy. Mark, hmm. yes or no, did you miss the Guernsey presentation because you were having a beer? Yes, it's just yes oh, or no. Yeah, well, I didn't do it because Matthew Nix did it, but I was, I was. Uh, Mark, yes or no? Yes, I missed it. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable! <laughs> Through no fault of my own. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the sports update. That is the uh, the major headline of the day. Um, another text coming in on zero four two seven one five four one double six saying no one under fifty picks up the paper. And then uh, another one saying, Jazz, you're way off the mark here. It needs to be shorter. I like that. I like the debate. And 
I like Mark Bickley having a beer. Let's go through the sports update briefly, <laughs> well, Bix. When I say pick up the paper or go online, what do you whatever mean. you want. Um, let's uh, let's have a look at the sports <laughs> update. Defender Harry Suter maintained his goal-scoring form to steer the Socceroos to a hard-fought but unconvincing 1-0 World Cup qualifying win over Palestine. The Socceroos sit top of Group 1 on six points after Suter nodded home in the 18th minute. So there we go. Do you so want to hear that goal? Yes, please. A corner delivered by Craig Goodwin. Let's see if history's about to repeat. Goodwin's delivery. It has been repeated. Extraordinary. Goodwin to Sutar. Same result. 1-0 Australia. Ah, there we go. Um, this is more sadder news. Ted Hopkins, who spearheaded Carlton's famous 1970 grand final comeback over Collingwood, has died at the age of 74. He only played 29 VFL games before retiring, but his heroics in the 1970 decider ensured his name will forever be part of Carlton folklore. So what happened? Um, Carlton were massively down at halftime. I think it was over 40 points, might have even been 50 points. Ron Barassi famously said, just Hamble, Hamble, Hamble. They came back. Ted Hopkins came off the bench, came on. I think Ted kicked four goals. So uh, it was huge in that game. Uh, but also had something a lot to do with uh, champion data as well and the way it was done. We're going to talk about David Warner in a moment because I know you wanted to reflect on that. Um, just briefly on the cricket, Bixie Adelaide Strikers defeated the Sydney Thunder by three runs in Sydney. have taken the outright lead on the Weather WBBL ladder. So uh, Laura Volvart was a difference making 17 not out. If the Strikers finish top, they're guaranteed a home final, which is wonderful. Um, and we mentioned yesterday, Bix, the uh, second tier competition for the A league men and what that could mean for Adelaide United. So I did some digging yesterday so I can confirm what's actually going on. It won't impact Adelaide United at all. So this second tier competition will be, yes, a national second tier competition with other teams involved, but the promotion relegation is not part of it yet. Um, Long term, maybe, but Australia and New Zealand aren't in a position to even consider that yet. So Adelaide United fans do not need to worry. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. You've got a list coming up after seven o'clock this morning. And of course, a big thanks to Tyre Power, your family first. Straight after this, though, we need to put someone into storage alongside GoBox SA, the easy way to move and store. If you don't want to send us a text, 0427154166. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Nine minutes to seven. Good morning to you. It is SENSA Breakfast. We've just wrapped up our sports update alongside Brasilia Coffee. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. The breaking news that we only realised this morning too was that um, Mark Bickley was not present to present one of the Crows draftees. What was his name again? Oscar Ryan. So you missed out on Oscar Ryan because you were having a beer at the draft mm-hmm. and yeah, Matthew not, Nix had to do the presentation. That's it, yeah. Text coming through on 0427. <laughs> I was out of the loop. 154166. <laughs> can we please get Oscar Ryan on SEN so Bix can apologise? No, no, no. I saw, I spoke to both Oscar and Oscar's dad after the uh, telecast and explained what happened, but uh, they were pretty happy, I must say. Oscar's dad's a lovely man. I think it's fantastic. Um, there's another. Can text. I just say Please. I watched? Um, I went home yesterday and watched some of the vision 
of Oscar play because I was interested because I didn't know much about him, didn't see much of him in the lead up. And a lot of the discussion was saying he was going to be in the 50s. And so um, to be drafted on that first night was a little bit of a surprise, which is why he wasn't invited and he was just there as a guest. He has got a beautiful kick. He's about 188 centimetres, so sort of Mitch Hinge size, plays across half back and wing. But as uh, he, he reminded me of the way Bernie Vince kicked. He has great touch on his kick. He doesn't try and kick it really low and hard and fast like a, maybe a Brody Smith. He just kicks it beautifully and weights it beautifully so that people run onto it and, mm. and has a nice soft sort of arrival. So he is someone that looks fabulous with the way he uses the ball. Uh, I, I did notice this text and uh, tweet yesterday. I don't expect you to comment on this, but after we spoke to Charlie Edwards, who uh, suggested the number 23 would look quite good on him. It would be a bit unique having an Edwards wearing a 23 <laughs> at the Crows. Um, also notice West Coast picked up another read. So they've got two reads. First, and, first two picks. Which is worried that maybe they got the wrong one first and they needed to make good. Oh dear. Um, another text, Lance from Paradise saying, boys, it's a month from Christmas and we're still waiting for the AFL events to finish when the season ended in September. Surely this drip feed of months of trade weeks, fixture releases and draft drama can be condensed into a couple of weeks in October and we can move on to summer interest until March. Are the AFL that insecure they need to be in the news 10 months mm. a year? I actually like it. Well, I like the drip feeding because we're in November now. Everyone's almost back at pre-season mm. and then there's almost 100 days until the first ball is bounced. Well, but let's not forget, we've got the AFLW playing every weekend as well. Like, yeah. the, the AFL are a business. So it's a bit like saying... Like if you're Coles or Woolworths, well, let's just shut down for three or four months because, you know. I'm it's... glad you didn't say if you're Optus or Telstra because one of them did. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the days of having two seasons, summer is cricket. You know, we've, you know, we, we, cricket's 12 months of the year as yeah. well. What, what uh, the AFL are good at is, is creating these streams. Like so five years ago, or maybe more, 10 years ago, the trade period was a non-event and the draft was a non-event until a week before. And the draft's always been in November. So this isn't anything new when mm. the draft is. And so they, they, all they're doing is creating uh, the market for people who are footy mad, who want their footy fix for 12 months of the year. So my suggestion to you, Lance, and I'm sure there are plenty of people exactly like you, is just turn off, turn it off. And pick up. Don't the, turn us off. No, no, no. We we don't talk exclusively footy. No, we talk around the week of the draft and the week of the trade period and and all that sort of stuff. But just take it in. You know, the draft is important. Take those couple of days in, but then tune into the cricket or tune into the summer sports, and then tune back in to footy and and reconsume AFL come sort of February next year when. The games start again. Just keep it on SENSA too. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee, available in Coles and independent supermarkets across SA. Bix, it's time for this. Oh, what's in the box? Okay, so the big question is, Mark Bickley, you get handed the controversial stuff every week because I'm quite vanilla. Um, I don't really have strong opinions because I don't like feedback. GoBox SA, take the stress out of moving. Use GoBox for the easy way to move and store. Who's going into storage this week? Well, this is who's going into storage. Uh, is David Warner. He's been withdrawn from the 15-player squad set to face India again just four days after the 50-over showpiece. So there's a T20 tournament, and, and this shows the how much precedence or uh, prestige that the Australian cricketers, or sorry, the, the cricket 
Australia put on this because they say to David Warner, we don't need you to play in this, mate. You go rest up before uh, the summer of cricket starts in Australia. So he's going to return home ahead of his final test summer, having previously stated his plans to retire uh, at the end of um, the New Year's test. Yes. So he's been put into storage effectively. But there is a little side note. David Warner was set to join only two other players who have played 100 tests, 100 one-day internationals. David Warner was about to play 100 international T20s, but now he's going to be stranded potentially on 99. Well, he'll get a he'll get one at home then, won't he? he? Surely he'll make himself available for the home ones. Who knows? He just wants a home farewell. Well, maybe. But anyway, do you know who the two players that he would join that have played 100, 100, and 100? Australian players or no, international players? There's only two international players. in uh, Virat? Virat Kohli. Tick. That's He's one. Um, Stokes? No, I'll give you a clue. From uh, They're from New Zealand. Basball. Ross Taylor. Oh, Ross Taylor. Mm. So only two players have done that. Uh, and David Warner was about to become the third, but maybe he might have to sort of put that off for a little bit. So there you go. He's been put into storage. Go Box SA, the easy way to move and store. 0427 uh, Will says, what I took away from the first night of the draft is that the term generational talent has fizzled out. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. Blessing, coincidentally, is a collective noun for the new buzzword, unicorn, which is what a number of clubs would have drafted, apparently. That's good. I like that one. Also from Daniel, Adelaide Football Club, please don't give any of the new draft picks the number six Guernsey. The curse will continue. Well, I think that's already been um, put aside for uh, the number one pick, the, the curtain. Rod. Well, it could be uh, could be curtains for curtain before his career starts <laughs> if he's got the number six. Dan, Dan I should say, I just his first name escaped me, but Dan Dan Curtin, Daniel Curtin is uh, I think he's going to wear. Him Rod. I like Rod. It's fine. <laughs> Rod Curtin, um, he's going to wear the number six. I'm led to believe. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing. I think that they should retire the number six, Guernsey. Why? Someone like eventually someone will get it and make it work, won't they? No. I reckon retire it. So here's a bit of the recent history. Mm. Uh, Jackson Haightley. Mm. Gibbs. Bryce Gibbs Mm -hmm. before that. Um, This bloke, this bloke, this bloke, this bloke, this bloke, (laughs) all the way back to Tony Modra. (laughs) That's a Modra. John John Griffin. I don't know. I reckon Fergus Watts wore number six. Yeah, he did as well. So I'm just saying, if you're listening, if the kit man is listening... Uh, the Adelaide you Football can, you Club. You can break the curse. Burn it. <laughs> Chuck it in West Lakes. Or if you can't access West Lakes, because I guess Thebby is closer to the Torrens now, so chuck we'll it in there. Throw it in the Torrens off the top Put of Put it Adelaide in the over. pat. I don't care. Just get rid of the number six. Okay. It is gone. Yeah. Can I make that my nomination that number six at the Crows goes into storage as well? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, we're just on seven o'clock. A uh, big lineup of guests today. As we mentioned, it is the Nathan Show. Nathan Cosmina joining us. Nathan. Nathan McAndrew. How well is he going, by the way? Nathan McAndrew. Amazing work from him. Uh, and he's keeping the Redbacks afloat at the moment while their shield hopes are still alive. Didn't play in the one day, which is um, which is good. So, um, Bix, the other thing we are going to do next is go into your list. You have a list every Wednesday. I do. I thought it would be a good time. Can I give you a little preview of what the list is about? 
You've got five seconds. Okay. I'm going to do the World Cup moments, the best performances for Australia in the World Cup, ranked from one to five. Very good. We'll get the numbers in order and we will get into your list. We are here. Thanks to Morn Team. Everyone's talking about Morn Team. It's Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning to you. Your local tyre power. Holiday getaway sale. Get four for the price of three on Falcon Wild Peak all-terrain tyres. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Two minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, in the next half hour, you have the chance to win a night stay at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Their exclusive SEN free extras deal. So overnight accommodation, overnight parking for one car, $50 food and beverage credit. Um, it's valued at a couple of hundred bucks, which is awesome. We are going to be asking who is in the hotel lobby. We're in Studio Lumo this morning, powered by Lumo Energy SA. You can have a look at the camera if you're listening on the app at the moment. You can see Mark Bickley in his tight black T-shirt. The facial hair is still there. Mm. And to get rid, uh, just a, a little bit of housekeeping, um, there's a controversy that has stemmed from night one of the national draft. And that was, if you see a photo of Adelaide's draftee, Oscar Ryan, he looks, well, it looks a bit flat. <laughs> bit emotional, and that is not just because of the happiness that he's heading to South Australia and Westlakes, and that is because Mark Bickley forgot to present him with his Guernsey because he was no, responsibly no, no. That, consuming a beer. That's not quite right. I didn't forget. There was a, a slight uh, misinterpretation because Oscar was was meant to be a later pick. He wasn't invited to the draft night. As a as a selection, he was invited because one of his best mates was going to be selected, and he wanted to be there to celebrate with him. Yep. And on the I think it was the second or third last pick of the night, um, I was up on the getting ready to present it, and they said, "Oh, don't worry, you can go now because all of the players we've invited have all been uh, drafted, so mm. there is no invited talent here left to you for you to present to. So go and enjoy yourself. Have a have a drink." Now, so I was at the back of the room yep. and then Matthew Nix went up. They decided to take Oscar Ryan. They knew he was there as a, as a friend of an invited guest. They went up and it was a really nice moment. Tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, mate, in 30 seconds, we're going to read out your name. We are going to draft you tonight. Mm. And so he, and they, he was there and he was really shocked. And then Nixie said hello to his mum and dad. And then they read it out. But I was at the back of the room, and then when they said, and to present the Guernsey to Oscar Ryan, I thought, holy heck, I'm, mm. I'm going to have to run. So I started running towards the front of the stage. And then fortunately, Matthew Nix was right there, and he just stood in and gave it to him. So all, all of that two minutes in was a really good story, right? Mm. And I I'm just trying to it. paint a picture. And I get it, and the picture's beautiful. Um, but the facts are irrelevant here. So <laughs> just again, for the people who have tuned in for the very first time this morning, yes or no, did you miss... Yeah. handing Oscar Ryan his very first Crows Guernsey because you were having a beer. Yeah, that's right. So this is this is how my night went. I went all the way over there. I presented Daniel Curtin with the with his jumper. Yeah. The next pick, I was backstage with holding the jumper yeah. and ready to present it to a player. And they said, uh, it's going to Charlie Edwards. Oh, he's in Bendigo. Okay, no, we don't need you, Mark. You can go. Yep. And then I went up to the front again and I was about to present the, I was standing behind Boomer Harvey mm -hmm. and I was about to present Looking it. Looking at yourself in a mirror. 
and I was going to give it to the next guy when they read it out. But what happened then was North Melbourne picked the last guy who was invited. So then I'm standing in the front of the line, ready to go up on stage. I say, well, that's it. There's no more invited guests. You can go. And so twice I was in the stalls. No, the story's great. Twice I just, I but I just rejected. want you to just say yes or no, and then don't say anything after that. Did you miss handing Oscar Ryan his very first Crows Guernsey because you were having a beer? Yes. Thank you. Can I just say no? Thank no, you. SCNSA. No, you can't say anything. Okay, you can say something. I was just going to say to Rocco, thank you. Uh, Rocco just sent a text saying, Warner's only retiring from Test cricket. He wants to continue to play T20, so he will get to that 100 T20 game. Yes. Uh, also, another text, Bix, before we head into your list, we were talking about the curse of the number six Guernsey mm. for Adelaide. Uh, so the history of the number six Guernsey, Clayton Lamb, Tony Modra, James Byrne, Ben Nelson, Fergus Watts, John O'Griffin, Jack Gunston, Luke Thompson, Jake Lever, Bryce Gibbs. Mm. So it is quite cursed because, yes, I understand the text message saying that Lever was okay, but he left the club. Yeah. Jack Gunston would have been good. Left the club. Mm. It's cursed. Clayton Lamb, the very first guy, played one game, went out, was in Perth, and uh, we went out and had a drink, and he knocked on the wrong door and and accidentally went into the coach's room. (laughs) (laughs) That was his last game. And and Fergus Watts had an issue in one of his pre-season runs, didn't he? Uh, no, that was Lawrence Angwin. Yeah, exactly. A lot of drama. Jeepers. All anyway, right, let's get into your list. What do you got for what us? What I've got is the top five performances from Australia's victorious Cricket World Cup tournament. So um, let's start with number five. We're going to build up to number one. Number five was Travis Head in his first innings back against New Zealand made 109. He'd only had two hits in the net. He'd gone out there after breaking his hand, hardly picked up a bat, and he makes 109 in a really cracking game and really important game for Australia to continue to win to uh, go through to that semi-final. So Travis Head's performance uh, against New Zealand was number five. The fourth best performance in the World Cup was Adam Zampa mm. against Sri Lanka. This was a really important game because Australia lost the first two games of the series. They looked really disinterested. And at this stage, after 25 overs, Sri Lanka were two for 157. So they were looking at making well over 300. Uh, Zampa came on, took four wickets, four for 47, knocked them over for 250, and then they made the runs comfortably. So that was the turning point of the World Cup for Australia, I believe. The third best performance was David Warner's 163 versus Pakistan, that opening partnership with Mitch Marsh. Mitch Marsh, a bit stiff. He made over 125, I think, Marsh. But Warner's 163 was absolutely phenomenal. So that was the third best performance this is rather controversial, but the second best performance I had was Travis Head's performance in the World Cup final, which Whoa. which any other time would have been number one by the length of the Flemington Strait, but there is just one superhuman performance. So Travis Head, two of the top five moments and one which was spectacular. And just remember as well, he's also man of the match in the semifinal where yep. he made 60 and took two wickets. That couldn't even make the top five. But the number one performance had to be Glenn Maxwell's Big show. double ton, which was just phenomenal. The, the the area where he came in in the game, where Australia were in all sorts, and the way that he did it under duress, I think this sort of ranks up there with the, the Dean Jones sort of going onto a drip after making a big ton in India type sort of Australian folklore full body cramp. So 
Glenn Maxwell, take a bow. The performance of the World Cup, number one. It's a very good list. And that would have been challenging to put together, especially if Travis Head can't be number one there. Mm. I, I have seen on their socials that um, they have since left Ahmedabad to areas where they don't mm. need to consume soda water and they're having a great time. <laughs> if you disagree with any of that, shoot us a text message. Uh, text number 0427154166. Or if there's anything I've left off, please uh, let me know. Thank you. That was the list, Mark Bickley. I wanted to add something to the curse of the number six Guernsey at the Adelaide Football Club because we were talking about Rod Curtin mm. um, potentially wearing <laughs> it. Um, and the most notable thing from that, so I mentioned two players. Jack Gunston and Luke Thompson. So uh, Tomo, premiership captain at Woodville West Torrens, but Gunston left the club. Mm -hmm. Both of them wore 28 and then made the choice to go to number six. So I wonder if Jack Gunston kept 28 on, he would still be a crow. Mm, mm, Not sure. 28, very famous number at the LA Footy Club. Why is that? James Begley. He's a friend of mine. Is that, that's all. Is, that yeah. is that literally all <laughs> no, you got? Kane Johnson. Darren Smith, Martin McKinnon, Kane Johnson, James Begley. Bernie Vince was 28 before he went to 17. Oh, really? Jack Gunston, Luke Thompson, Cam Ellis Yolman. There you go. You love your numbers, don't you? What's your favorite port number? Which one's been the most successful port number? Excluding number one because the captain has to wear that. What do you reckon? I think nine's pretty good. Mm. Robbie Gray, Zach Butters. That's not too bad. Pretty solid. That's yeah. that's that's sort of earning that sort of prestige. 16's not too bad. Ollie Wines were on Treadray. 10. Travis Boak, Travis Boak. <laughs> we bookended it, didn't he? Because he had to go to number one. Yeah, and then they just they put that into storage until he was going to wear it again. Um, next, we have, speaking of storage, your chance to be locked away at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Uh, of course, um, not against your will. We're going to put you there <laughs> for a night with your bestie, and it's going to be wonderful. You just need to tell us who is staying in the hotel lobby. We'll do it after this. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 17 minutes past seven, going for 23 degrees today on SENSA. In a moment, Bix, we're going to ask the question who's in the hotel lobby? Kicking goals with the Hotel Grand Chancellor's exclusive free extras deal. Book direct for the win. Before I open up that elevator in the lobby, we were talking about um, the Rod, mm. Dan Curtin, uh, new Crows recruit who you had a photo with. Thankfully, you actually had a photo with someone <laughs> at the draft the other night. But uh, interesting story behind where potentially he could have gone. Well, Alistair Clarkson uh, did his due diligence because obviously they had picks two and three. Now, Alistair Clarkson was in WA or in Perth for James Brayshaw's wedding across the weekend and spent a couple of hours with Daniel Curtin. So let's have a listen to what Dan had to say. Yeah, no, no, that's about right. Yeah, no, it was um, awesome having him over. I think it was just come over and um, suss out the vibe of the family and get to know us a bit more. Um, yeah, obviously it wasn't where their heads were at, but, um, yeah, no, it was good. Good, good fun. So didn't he like your mum's cooking? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Every every club's reported pretty well on that. Um, but, yeah, no, maybe not. <laughs> well done. Uh, big rap for yeah. your mum. There is on a Kimbo and the Rooch. Mm. Uh, it is it is interesting because I think he he did seem surprised. There was a lot of surprise. That, that, that's they're saying that that's the steal of the draft. How mm. how late he fell. Well, it's not so much that. I, I think everyone assumed he was going to get to seven because there was most of the other 
clubs were set on who they were going to take. Now, whether you agree or not, I was a bit surprised the Hawks went with Nick Watson, but, you know, a smallish forward at pick five, but he's, they call him the wizard. He's, he's going to be fantastic. But I was wondering whether they might've gone with a big defender. Um, but North Melbourne clearly had a need, obviously losing Ben Mackay over the, during the free agency period, but they were two and three and they, they probably felt like most people thought he was, maybe from five to 10, Daniel Curtin. So the surprise was really around who GWS were going to trade with. And and we know now, I think uh, GWS have come out and said that the West Coast Eagles offered their first round pick next year, which most people think is going to be pick one. Yep. When the GWS team knocked it back, West Coast then rang Adelaide and said, Adelaide, you've just done the deal with GWS. Would you be interested in swapping to us now that you've got it to get the number one pick for next year, and Adelaide said, "No, we want mm. we want Dan Curtin." So there's a whole lot of toing and froing going on during that three minute period. For Port Adelaide, uh, they went in with one pick and ended up with three players. So they ended up getting Tom and Astasopoulos at 48, uh, Lockie Charleston at 52, and Will Lorenz at 57. We can talk more about that a little bit later on. Yes, and just repeating the South Australians who went in the draft, Kane McAuliffe was the first name called out. He went to Richmond. Bodie Ryan went to the Hawks. Liam Fawcett. Uh, from Central Districts and Trinity College, went to Richmond also. And Jack Deline, the second to last pick of the night. Jack was sort of slated as going in the 30s. I saw some picks as high as, but he was the second to last pick of the night and he is headed west to Fremantle. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Call us right now if you want to win a night stay at the Hotel Grand Chancellor, overnight accommodation for two people in a king or twin room, parking for one car, and a $50 food and beverage credit. Have a listen to Who's in the Lobby. The night before I had a few beers. Who do you think that is? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's. I'm going to play it again because it's quite coincidental. The night before I had a few beers. Give us a call. Did you record that in a coal mine or something? Like... Who do you think it is? Give us a call. We'll take your guesses after this on SENSA. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 26 minutes past seven. Nathan Cosmina, CEO of Adelaide United, joining us in the next couple of moments. Mark Bickley, right now, though, we want to give away... Uh, a night stay for two people in a king or twin room at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Overnight parking for one car. $50 food and beverage credit. They've been supporting us all year and we are extremely grateful for that. Have a listen. The night before I had a few beers. All right. On one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let's go to Mark first. Mark, who do you think it is? I think it's Mark Bickley. Oh, my gosh. Winner! <laughs> First go. Yeah. Now, Mark, what gave it away? Was it the beers thing because he was having beers when he forgot to give Oscar Ryan his Guernsey on Monday? Yeah, probably, probably that. But, yeah, I think in straight after when Mark said something about where you got that from. So, yeah, pretty easy in the end. <laughs> I, I actually didn't recognise it 
first up, and then I thought about what what was being said, and then I remember saying that. So, well, Mark, congratulations! Uh, you have a night stay at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Um, we had a full board of calls, mate. So there's a lot of dis- disappointed people <laughs> hanging up at the moment, but enjoy it and have a safe Christmas. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. Now, talk us through that, Mark. So I well, got that, that from a, a VCR, which was on YouTube, where it looked like you were about to be drafted or something no, like no, that. No, no, no. That was um, towards the end of my career. That, there was a They made a series of videos back then, is how old it was, about about six or seven different players. And there was one made about an Adelaide player, so they made it about myself. And so that was, uh, it was like a... This is your life type uh, scenario. But when you were being interviewed there, there was some fantastic old footage of you. <laughs> um, it was yeah. so it was, that was that story was about my first training session yes. at South Adelaide, and I was staying with a friend in Prospect, and I went to the casino because the casino was pretty new, and I just had a few beers that night, maybe three or four, like, and then walked home. I was really close, but then the next day I was quite dehydrated, and then got heat stroke and collapsed. <laughs> so it wasn't an ideal. Lightweight as well. It wasn't an ideal start to my uh, South Adelaide career. That was in first preseason training. Mm. The rest is history though. It's all part of your story, isn't it? It's a rich tapestry. I was, I was thought it was rather coincidental that Mark was on the line talking to Mark, guessing who it was, who was Mark. So that was mm, interesting. Was it? <laughs> to me. <laughs> Coincidental. Um, we still have plenty more to come over the next hour. We are here. Thank you very much to Chemist Warehouse for the Chemist Warehouse Christmas fragrance sale, which is now on. Um, I've actually got to go into Chemist Warehouse today, Mark Bickley, so I'll do that and have a look at the Christmas fragrance sale. Uh, not too far away, Nathan Cosmina joining us. Also, Nathan McAndrew from the Redbacks. And quick picks today. Not sure about it. Uh, I think you'll be very good, to be honest. And you're always good, but yeah. this could be a clean sweep six out of six. I hope so. It's got something to do with the draft. Ooh, was I paying attention? You probably weren't, but you still get six <laughs> out of six anyway. If you want to get involved in the show, 0427 154 166. We'll be back after the news. Good morning. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. 23 degrees we're going for today. We're about to chat with one of our mates. Mate, fair dinkum internet without the fuss. If you were having a look at the cameras here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, you can listen on the app and have a look directly into the studio. Mark Bickley would have seemed really distracted because you were just watching yourself present Dan Curtin with his Adelaide Crows Guernsey for the first time. He's very big, isn't he? He's tall. He had a head on me. Like You did say yesterday that you were standing a fair way back in the photo. And having a look at that, <laughs> you were horizontal there. And no, I was behind him, but it did make me look like I was three foot eight. He's he, a big boy, yes. a very big boy, a strong boy. And uh, look, if you want to give some feedback on 
Uh, Mark Bickley um, missing the presentation of another draftee for the Adelaide Crows in Oscar Ryan because he was having a beer. Send that through on 0427-154-166. We've got to straighten up a bit, though, because it's um, it's not often you get to speak to the CEO of Adelaide United. That is Nathan Cosmina, and it's been a big year for the club after the departure of Craig Goodwin and more recently Nestori Irankunda, who is heading over to Germany. It was interesting because I just saw something on social media then that says Nestori Irankunda signed to Bayern Munich before he graduated high school is so funny. Um, he's just at his high school graduation waiting to hop on a flight to Germany while his peers are deciding when they go to Flinders University. So that's going to be brilliant. <laughs> we say good morning to Nathan Cosmina. It's been, as I said, a huge couple of weeks for the club. Yeah, it has been. Morning, guys. It's um, a week off on the field for the men, um, but uh, we had plenty of news, obviously, with Nesta's announcement last week. Um, thankfully, the, the dust has settled a little bit of it. What we sort of said at the time, wanted to make as clear as possible, was that he's still here for another seven months. So um, it's been a bit of fanfare and, um, yeah, now into, into the business of regular season again. Nathan, before we sort of get into Nestori and his situation, I just want to say well done on the... What you've done with the squad, you know, a lot of people were a little bit sceptical leading into this year or, or fearful about what it might look like, Craig Goodwin not being there after his amazing year last year. But the faith you've shown in the younger players over not just this year, but the last couple of years to keep producing that pipeline of talent to come through, it, it's really looking exciting for you and you're starting to reap those benefits. Yeah, it's... Um... Well, we can't get away from the fact that, that Craig was something that we didn't foresee or plan for. I think we were pretty clear in that. At the time, um, in, in uh, response to the reaction from fans, but what we had said and we said at our members forum, we've kind of reiterated over the past 12 months, is that we've got an exceptional group of young kids coming through now. They're all now starting to hit that 18, 19 where they can play regular football. And, and for that reason, and, and testament to, to Carl, um, who's managed this process is a delicate one very well over the last couple of years is that we're not going to be signing players that are going to block the, the pathway of, of players like Nesta. Um, and, and we're seeing the, the fruits of that labor now. I mean, as, as Carl will always say with young players, you're getting consistency. It's not always going to be rosy, but mm. I think uh, the fact that Nesta, the way he's been managed over the last 12 months and, and now able to start games and obviously doing really well, um, it just, that is what is more important than anything for development of these these players. It's all well and good having talent and ability, but it needs to be managed really well, and that's what I think our coaching staff done a phenomenal job of for the last couple of years. So what does it mean for the club, Nathan? Um, and was pretty much every club in the world after Nesta, so he needed to be advised on the right one to go to? Yeah, it was it was quite hectic. Um, I mean, it probably started around January, I think. We, we started to take phone calls. Uh, from, I mean, it, to be honest, it comes from agents in the most part, um, from everywhere. But we were pretty clear that, that there was only certain parts of the globe that we thought was the right fit. You started to look at visa issues and things like that. Some just, you know, the Premier League just wasn't a reality. But also, the, uh, and we said it last week, the, the structure and framework around Bynes, um setup is, is second to none. Um, you know, they'll take him straight into the first team. He'll live. He'll live at their training base. Um, you know all the support that goes around um, living at home. It, it's easy to forget that he's only 17, and as you say, he's finished school. Um, he, he's going to be in a different country with a completely different culture. And we we felt as though the from a football perspective, first and foremost, but from a, a personal perspective for Nestor and his development, that 
Munich was the best fit, and it took a little while to come together, but but now it has, which is good. And, and what we've said, we just just don't want to put it behind us, but that's why we announced it in in the week of a, a Socceroos match, is to just give Nesta some clean air, so now he can just just worry about his football. And in regards to the money that the club receives, so uh, you, you put that with the addition of the money from Craig. Does that go player-specific or into all aspects of the football club, potentially into the front office with staffing and things like that? Are you able to break down, not specifically, but but whereabouts that money would likely end up? It does go um, everywhere, but, but by everywhere, it's investment back into the football program. So <clears throat> we the you know, chairman has sort of been quite vocal in the off-season about the amount of money our owners have invested in the club. Some to clear out uh, some, some issues from the past and COVID, but, but more importantly, to start to invest and plan for the future. So we've put a, a truckload of investment into both the youth development and, and the women's side. They've been the two areas that have seen seen the windfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and the timings of these transfer fees, you know, it's not as though we're, we're, we're getting a one big hit you know, and, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and your, your bank account's full. It comes in over time. So for us, it'll be very strategically used. We <clears throat> make no secret that we're not going to be out there signing big-name players. Um, you know, it's hard to, to spruik youth and the successes of these kids getting minutes and the same and signing, you know, 30, 35-year-olds. Um, we'll do that to support the success, the success of the team, but <clears throat> we won't do it to the detriment of our, of our younger players. So look, we'll have a look at what we do next um, over the next little period, but in the moment, we're in the middle of the season. So first and foremost, it's concentrating on the games ahead. And, and so does that become a, a little bit of your business model going forward? You, you invest some extra money in that youth development, you keep that pipeline coming through, and then hopefully every couple of years, you get a nice little windfall to keep reinvesting in that. And, and as a supporter we get to watch the development of these young players and then we hopefully get to watch them playing on the, the biggest stages in the world yeah i mean that's how most leagues in the world and most clubs in the world are, are run um we don't do it you know particularly to sell players but for us we take great pride in producing socceroos you see the amount that have around south australians that have mm. been in the socceroos over the last few months particularly with some of the younger boys in muhammad and Cassini most recently, but even the likes of Ryan Strain that that um, you know was was um, uh, not even an A League player, wasn't on our radar initially as a youngster to to be a right back, and then came through our system, um, went off to to Europe, and now he's a <coughs> soccer. That's the, they're the sort of things that we take the most pride in. So if you focus on that with your football. And they don't have to leave at 18 like Nesta. Some might be like Ryan that leave at 21, 22. But that's your focus, and then you're not all. Not everyone's going to be a European footballer, and there's great pride in in being a, a 200 plus game A League player. So, so we don't necessarily produce players just to sell them. We do produce players to make them better. So, that's where we're at at the moment. We've done a pretty good job the last couple of years, I like to think. But that's where our focus will continue moving forward. Wonderful to see Cassini Yengi make his Socceroos debut against Bangladesh this time last week at Amy Park and he gave a lot of credit to the football club and Carl Viet. Joe Gauchy's part of the squad, Craig Goodwin as well. So as you mentioned, that South Australian connection is brilliant. Speaking of Carl Viet, he scored the first goal for the club 20 years ago and I know the club has had a really big focus on celebrating the 20th anniversary with a big event happening in January. Are you able to give all of the Adelaide United fans a little bit more information about that, how they can get involved and, and celebrate what's been a brilliant two decades? Yeah, we uh, we put together a dinner um, for the 23rd of January at Adelaide Oval. So we've started promoting that over the last couple of weeks. You'll 
see more information on social media and online over the next couple of weeks. But essentially, it's a, a celebration of the 20 years that's, that's been. We, we, we go back to year one. Um, you've seen a lot of that online with our, our little documentary we put together this year. But celebrating the foundations of the club, but but all the stories. There's been a lot of them over the over the journey, you know, culminating the success of 2016. But um, you know, uh, uh, Asian Champions League with with Vidmar in 08 and 09, early days with the championships, uh, sorry, Premiership and the the victory rivalry, and then um, back to our roots in the last few years with Carl. So yeah, big. We had a, a big uh, packed house there at Adelaide Oval, uh, hoping for 500 plus people, and uh, encourage any any fans to, to come along. Have you organised the MC yet? Oh, uh, we've got a regular that we use. I think we'll probably get a start, but we have to. I was just saying, you know, if you needed someone, I'm here. But I guess yeah. the other bloke's—he's uh, doing yeah. a good job. He, he does a great job. He does a brilliant job. Now, Nathan, before we let you go, Bix, can you just explain to Nathan what I'm coincidentally wearing today in yeah. Studio Lumo? So, so this is what I have to deal with, Nathan. I've come in this morning. And my co-host has got, he's got his full soccer kit on. He's got the, the Australian Outdoor Living. It's the white shirt with the McDonald's logo on the right shoulder. And he's got the white shorts with white socks and sneakers on. He looks like he's ready to run out and have a kick. Oh, it's actually the darker shorts, the dark sort of. I just, I just thought that because we, we had a few injury concerns that maybe if you needed a 39-year-old striker to step in, I'm available. Well, we we have a Legends game each year, and for some reason you've never played in it, Jared. So I think that might be um, the next step for you. But uh, you're a proud supporter of uh, <laughs> of our kits. I like that kit. I won't I won't wear full kit, but uh, thanks for supporting the club. No, no, congratulations. Look, uh, I was saying a bit earlier. It's a wonderful celebration of um, two decades with with so much more to come for Adelaide United um, before the international breaker. A little stumble against Sydney FC and um, the same with the women over the weekend, but we, we believe in what Carl Viet and Adrian Stenter are doing and yourself as well leading the Hellmate. So congratulations for all of your contributions. We're looking forward to the 23rd of January and we appreciate your time and breaking down what's happening with um, their story and looking forward to um, a couple of away games, but then Adelaide United back taking on the Raw um, in the second week of December. So thanks for your time. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Hmm. Always good speaking to Nathan Cosmina, and he he does so well promoting the club too. It's an exciting time, Biggs. I just feel, rightly or wrongly, now I'm not a huge fan, you know, support. I'm a huge fan, but I'm not a huge supporter. But I just feel there's there's a sense of stability around Adelaide United now that hasn't perhaps been there in recent times. It feels like there's this, the model feels sustainable. It looks like they're on the right track. And, And I think you can, if you're a, you are a true supporter and you go to the games and you pay your membership. You can see this process where you are seeing the talent come through and being nurtured and it must give you great heart, I would have thought. Well, what I also see is that clubs around Adelaide United, and this is we, we've not always been able to say this. If you look at Perth Glory, who changed ownership twice in the space of about six months, there's mm. other clubs that aren't financially stable. Adelaide United have got that stuff sorted right now with Ned Morris taking over as the chair. But with a deal like Nestori Irinkunda, every time that he is moved on, that is drip-fed back into Adelaide mm, United. Mm. So the, the the long-term impact of this is going to be brilliant. And I had a chat to Stefan Mork yesterday, who's a former captain, and he said um, his belief is that Nestori Irinkunda could be Australia's best footballer. Like, it's unbelievable. It's a massive call. It is. Let, let's just pontificate for a little bit. What happens if he turns out to be a great player? And let's say he goes from... 
uh, Bayern Munich, and he goes to Barcelona, yep. and, and the transfer fees are hundred million. Yep, it's all drip fed back into well, Adelaide. How, mu- how much would go to Adelaide? I'm not sure. You probably should have asked Nathan Cosmo. Well, no, no, but I thought you might. Would it be ten percent? I think it's going to be between. It will be between zero and a hundred million dollars. That's okay. my guess. Pretty solid. <laughs> <laughs> Quick pick straight after this on SNSA. Uh, Nathan Cosmina, one of our mates, and we love speaking to him and everybody from Adelaide United. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr or a Nestori Irinkunda Worldie with mate. Good. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Eight minutes to eight. SENSA Breakfast. Breaking news. Mark Bickley missed the Guernsey presentation of Oscar Ryan at the draft on Monday night because he was hydrating with a beer. Mm. The video of that is now live. You can have a look at our X account, 1629 SENSA. Chuck it on Insta as well. Jeepers. It's a big news story. (laughs) Hardly. It's a big day. It's a very big day. Um, very soon we are going to be speaking to one of the star Redbacks this season, and that is one of the mix. Nathan McAndrew is going to join us. All right, Mark Bickley, I reckon we've waited long enough. Meep, meep. I've just learned in 2023, where I've spent a lot more time with you, uh, it's still shaking me to the core every week at how intelligent you are at this. <laughs> um, I mean, it's amazing. Well, that, is that a backhanded compliment? Absolutely not. I thought not. you are a dummy, but you're no, actually I, not. No, I knew you were smart. I always <laughs> knew you were smart and measured, but you've taken it up another notch because I spent a lot of time preparing quick picks to stump you, and you're never stumped. Mm. Even when I think I'm being smart, you outwit me. Our listeners think that you are handed the answers. No. It's brilliant. So you have 10 seconds to answer every question. You can use one extension. I don't think you'll need an extension today. What's your draft knowledge like? Uh, okay, without being outstanding. Depends how far back you're going to go. Like, it's there's lots of draft picks, you know. Like, Who was the very first draft pick? No, it's not a question. Good. Uh, there are some challenging ones. Six questions. I think you'll go six from six today. Good luck in the draft edition of Quick Picks. Okay. Which player was drafted at the age of 17, a year younger than his fellow draftees, resulting in the AFL to change the draft rules regarding age? So this is, this is a rather vexed question because <clears throat> what used to happen was every club could have a pick. They could pick one 17-year-old. Mm. And so every club could have that pick. And then they that was sort of – then they could take all the other 18-year-olds. But then they got out of that. So if it's after that, is it Jack Watts? Is that your answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jack. Correct. Yeah, I thought he was pretty young. So Jack Watts in the 2008 National Draft was 17 – 
And then that was the laughs of the 17-year-old. So they needed to change the rule. You had to be 18 by the 31st of December of that year to be drafted. Yeah, because Matthew Pavlich was drafted as a 17-year-old. Yep. So was Ken McGregor and all those guys. But yep. then they changed it because every club had access to one. And yeah, somehow they must have been a hangover from that. Good start. One from one. Okay. Uh, Gary Ablett Jr. was taken pick 40 in 2001. How many times was he the leading goal kicker for the Gold Coast Suns? Multiple choice. A, zero, B, one, C, two. Well, I'm going to say with multiple choice, yep. it's never the middle one. It's never, it wouldn't be one. You wouldn't put one either side. So the options is... Can you to... explain that for me? Because I've proven that theory wrong multiple times I this just, year. I just know you. that you, you would try and make an outlier. So it's either got to be zero or it's got to be two. And I know it's not zero, so I'm going to go two. Two? Is he... Damn it. <laughs> I can read you. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, oh, I just can't wait to not have to work with you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk number two draft picks. Okay. Which AFL great was taken number two in 2004? Is he a friend of yours? It's a loose term. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You're right. You don't have a whole lot. So that narrows it down. <laughs> I think we heard from him yesterday. I think it's Jared Roughhead. Where did we hear from him? Well, you um, played a message to one of your friends to try and make up for you missing a flight. As a work colleague and um, was on the podcast. I listened to the podcast and yep, fine. Got it. All right. Three from three. How are you feeling? I'm pretty solid at the moment. I've got, mm. got a bit of a sort of... Bit stand, of swag. Standing up. Yeah, in the, flexing, peacocking. Yeah. <laughs> Question four. Tom Hawkins was taken pick 41 in 2006. How many goals did he kick in the 2007 grand final? Don't want to use your extension? Yeah. Can I use my extension, please? Okay. So you said 2000... What year was he drafted? I can't repeat the question. I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> I don't think I don't think he played in the 2007 Grand Final. I, I think that um, that the answer would be zero. You're right. He didn't play. Yeah. Well done. But what I liked was watching you then because you were all cocky because you thought I said <laughs> 2009 and mm. you were about to smash me. Mm-hmm. Then you realised that he didn't just play. Just on that. For people that might be tuning in thinking, oh, Gary Ablett went at pick 40 in yeah. the draft and Tom Hawkins went at 40. They were both father-son. Correct. When the rules were different back then and you just had to use your, any pick for father-son. Uh, two to go. The Adelaide Crows' first ever draft pick was coincidentally pick number 26, Mark Bickley. Who did they take? I think we've already mentioned this player's name today. I think we, when we went through all the players that wore number 28, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned him. I think his name is Martin McKinnon. You're right. Well done. Five from five. Marty McKinnon was one of seven children. He was the youngest. He had six older sisters. Wow. Just for a bit of extra, a little sort of special sauce on that answer. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> 
tell that at do parties. I that, do I get another half point? No, you lose a point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll do family tree ones next week. Okay. Uh, last one to make it six from six. Pick number 12 has been brilliant for Port Adelaide. So I'll take you through their pick 12s. Okay. They got Sean Burgoyne at number 12. Mm. Do you know that was a trade that Adelaide had pick 12? And they swapped Matthew Bode. They got Matthew Bode, gave Port Adelaide pick 12, and then they took Sean Burgoyne. So I love Bodie, but gee whiz, that's costly. You're a fun fact machine today. Yeah. They got Sean Burgoyne, Jay Schultz, Zach Butters, and Miles Bergman. All at number 12. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, hey? Um, who wears number 12 for the power? I'm making out I don't know, but I actually do. It's Trent McKenzie. <laughs> Winner! <laughs> if you ever want to see Mark Bickley at his least humble, you just watch quick Bix. Very good from you, Bix. Six and from six. Just quickly, Marty was the oldest of seven kids. He had six younger sisters. Got it around the wrong way. So <laughs> tried to give something special and got that wrong. But anyway. That's even better. That. Yeah. That's even better. Uh, we're going to head to one of the Redbacks straight after this on SENSA. Good morning. Breakfast before the end of the show, we will get our nominations in for the good stuff. Mark Bigley can get on the road faster. 13, 27, 27. Do you want another um, fun debut draft fact for you before we head to Nathan McAndrew? Sure. Which AFL player for the Crows made his debut and he ended up being Crows debutant one, two, three. So his debut, he was the one, two, three, 123rd player to play for the Adelaide Crows. Mm, 123rd. That would have been about the eighth or ninth season. 2001, round 12. 2001, round 12. James Gallagher. You are just too good, aren't you? <laughs> that is incredible. Um, all right. Now, let's talk about cricket. It's been a, a big week for international cricket, but it's also been a really big year for not just the Redbacks, but also the Mooks who take part and wearing that baggy red cap. And we are so excited to be speaking to one of their guns. And that is Nathan McAndrew. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on SENSA. Morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure. Hey, Nathan, firstly, congratulations on yourself. You've been in ripping form. It, it's been a, a season of sort of almost, hasn't it? You've had some really good results, but you've had some really tight losses as well. So how you, how's the nerves going? Because one went your way and a couple went against you more recently. Yeah, 100%. Um, we've had some close games lately, which is, you know, great that we've been in it against some some really strong competition. Western Australia... Um, at home, or that's as tough as it gets in this in this mm. um, day and age of, of first class cricket. So, yeah, look, we we weren't our best in the Shield game yet. Still, nearly got across the line, um, lost a toss on a on a pretty tough wicket, and um, certainly didn't get the best of the conditions. But we're able to sort of fight and scratch and claw and, and nearly get across the line, but couldn't quite um, conjure the magic of Brisbane, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, a week of character probably sums it up, to be honest. I think, you know, that's probably the sign of, of a good team that you can go up against Western Australia in their home paddock, not play your best cricket and still come out with a, a pretty close one. So, 
you know, that sounds great at the end of the day. It, it is a loss, though. So um, we'll be, you know, making sure that we try and prepare ourselves well this week to, to get the win against Victoria. Mm. Uh, let's just investigate this pitch scenario because it looked as green as, like, the, the outfield was was a rather extraordinary-looking wicket. Could you believe it when you sort of had your first look at it? It's a pretty, like you said, pretty important toss to win, which uh, Jake couldn't get done. But that, that was an unusual-looking pitch. Yeah, it was it was pretty green, but it was also quite soft. So it, um, it it had quite a bit of moisture in it, which then made it divot up as well. So as it as it hardened up and flattened out, you traditionally would then get easier to bat on. It, um, yeah, it was pretty much even harder to bat on as it divoted up because of the pace of the wicket, especially the whacker. You get all the pace and bounce, and then one hits a divot and then just does everything. So it was um, yeah, not not the most friendly batting conditions as we saw the game was done in three days and. Um, not so many times the game gets done in three days where it's a close contest. Normally that happens because you know mm. someone's just rolled over and, and got smashed. But it was just it was a bit of a shootout with the wicket, and um, yeah, it was a, a really tight one. Unfortunately, we couldn't quite get it done. Thus, mm. ten wickets against New South Wales, which was a phenomenal effort, and that sort of form has carried through. What have you put that success down to? Um, I'm not entirely sure, to be perfectly honest. I'd love to, to know exactly what it is so I could keep doing it. But uh, to be honest, I don't feel like I'm doing anything too different. Um, I feel like I'm preparing myself the same way. I think I'm probably just coming into my third season now for the Redbacks and um, just sort of starting to gain a bit of experience. I've played the last two off-seasons over in county cricket as well. So really, it's sort of my fifth season of first-class cricket in a way. Um, so I think, you know, I'm into my mid-30th first-class game now. I think that's sort of probably just the point where you start to really know your game, know your body and, and just understand, you know, how the opposition's going to play for you, play against you and making adjustments, all those sort of things. So I think it just comes down to a bit more experience and a bit of confidence and a bit of freedom. Does that also help, Nathan, um, heading over to the UK to play county cricket? I know that, that Wes Agar and a lot of the players do the same now during our winter to go over there and, and not just experience different conditions, but also um, to continue playing cricket at a really high level sets you up for the Australian summer? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's been a, an amazing opportunity that I've had the pleasure of the last couple of seasons. It's definitely helped... Um, it's probably actually has helped my bowling on, on greener wickets. So I think over here, um, my natural skill is more of a back of length type bowling. And when you play on, on an Adelaide Oval, it's a, when it's a bit spicier, when you go up to the Gabba and you've got to you know, bowl on those greener wickets, you've got to bowl that little bit fuller. Um, that was probably not something I was all that strong at. But bowling over in England, you have to bowl that yard fuller um, to maximise the conditions over there. So... I think that's really um, helped sort of level up that skill set for me. Um, but also just playing playing cricket all year round, it, it is taxing. You need to find a bit of a break in there at some point as well. But it's you learn so much more um, playing first-class cricket over in the UK than what you do, you know, being in the indoor nets, um, hitting balls on the bowling machine sort of thing for a few months. So it's, a, it's an amazing experience if you get the opportunity. Nathan, uh, a lot of fans like Mark Bickley and myself are really genuinely excited about what the Redbacks can do. And we know it's been a long time coming. For yourself, who made the choice to come to South Australia a couple of seasons ago, can you see that really starting to pay off now where um, the team, when they're in games, we can see wins coming as opposed to, oh no, what's going to happen with the Redbacks? I feel like the past couple of seasons is really building to what's happening now. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think we've got the fast bowling lineup 
that's kind of the envy of the country. I think we've got a fast bowling lineup that can take 20 wickets on any surface. And at the end of the day, to win a game of cricket, um, you can win it with 250 runs on the board or 400, but you've got to bowl a team out. So I think we've got the ability to do that against any any team, um, which is exciting. And, and as our batters have just continued to develop, um, as you said, Nathan McSweeney at the start of the show, in the intro, mm. he's just been on an absolute heater. Um, and I think we're starting to see, you know, the batters really come of age. And, yeah, I think we've just been putting some really good team performances on the, on the board. And we didn't get the win over in Western Australia, as, as we said. But, um, you know, we're competing against the absolute best. And, uh, yeah, you can absolutely feel it in the sheds. It's definitely a group that feels like they're going places. And, we, you know, that's not getting complacent. But that's just a lot of lot of hard work over the years it's been building and yeah I really feel like we've got some good momentum at the moment. Mm, yeah, you mentioned that bowling depth, uh, Brendan Doggett, Agar uh, Liam Scott back in bowling Conway, Buckingham, like you've got about eight or nine guys yourself in there how's that, does that foster great rivalry? Does it, does it bring the best out of you on the training track? Because it's bloody tough to get a spot Yeah 100% it's um you know, competition breeds excellence, they always say. So um, it's also great in case there's injuries as well. We've mm. had quite a few niggles over the course of the season. I missed the first game against Tassie with a little calf niggle. Wes has missed the last couple um, with the back issue. So, um, you know, there's been lots of little bits and pieces. Fast bowls are never going to play all 10 shoot games. It's just not really mm. the way it works. So to have that depth is awesome and yeah absolutely I mean the nets are, are pretty competitive um, which yeah the batters sometimes don't love it but um, it's yeah certainly makes makes training the standards of training um, really lift because you know it all starts with the bowlers so yeah it's um, it's a pleasure to be a part of that bowling cartel and, and to just rock up every game knowing that you've got match winners all through the list it's not just one person who's sort of the, the main attacker and the other guys are trying to build pressure there's you know, guys, um, three, four bowlers every game that are, have all got fifers under their belt and, and capable of cracking the game open. Well, Nathan, we appreciate your time this morning. And, uh, yeah, keep it going because you've been one of the standout players for the Redbacks so far this year. And, like I said, you're uh, still right around the mark. So a couple of good performances in the next couple of games and you'll be, uh, you know, staying in contention for, for the Shield uh, final, which will be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty crucial game. Victoria, so if we can win that, we'll probably be back up into the top. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Nathan McAndrew joining us there from the Redbacks. Um, look, I'm Par- not just, Airport. Yeah, I'm going to make a huge assessment here, and it <laughs> kind of sounds like he was on the flight path. <laughs> it's for the good stuff right after this. Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 17 minutes past eight on SEA. And SA Breakfast. Uh, still in the running. Everybody who texts in the show to win that Signal Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24 7. Mark Bickley, I know tomorrow on the show we are going to catch up with one of the V8 racing guys who is here for the Velo 500 this weekend, which is going to be wonderful. You're excited to go on your hot lap. Is that happening Friday? Uh, it's happening tomorrow afternoon. I'm heading in uh, with Will Davidson, who's going to be our guest tomorrow. Wow. And we are going to do a hot lap. It's actually um, doing something tonight. I'm catching up with Will. Okay. At, uh, you guys besties. Well, not really, but I'm just doing a, a little function um, with the Jarvis group out at um, Norwood. So, yeah, 
that'd be good. And then hopefully I'm going to sort of saddle up to him. We'll talk to him tomorrow and he's going to look after me and he's not going to sort of scare me too much. I hope he scares you and you film it. They'll, they'll, they'll definitely be filming it, but yeah, whether I'm happy to show it or not, that'll be the next thing. I might look like a, a scaredy cat. <laughs> this is the only time you've struggled to find words and you came up with scaredy cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going 300 kilometres an hour yeah. into the fence and I'm three inches away. You're going to stoil yourself. Um, the run home <laughs> with Kimbo on the Reach from three o'clock today. It is going to be a very big day and it's been a big show too, something that we have left to the last minute and that's okay. Is this... got for us today, Bix, the good stuff right now. We are doing alongside Budget, moving house use a team that's easy and affordable. Budget, car and truck rental, 13, 27, 27. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is the good stuff, but it's interesting, I found anyway. Victor, Victor Wembenyama, his debut jersey from the first game that he played um, has gone to auction at Sotheby's and has fetched $762,000. Can you believe that? So he's... He's still a baby in the sport. He's got a huge future in front of him. But people are, I'm guessing, seeing this as an investment. You know what? If he turns out to be the greatest player of all time, I will have his debut jersey. And uh, at 762000 I think it's the good stuff because it shows how much people value this kid. They call Mm. him the alien. Um, And I had a look at... (laughs) The most exclusive NBA jersey, Michael Jordan's jersey from the opening game of the 1998 finals, holds the record for the most expensive piece of game-worn sports memorabilia. Yeah. How much is it? Over 10 mil. Wow. So so his nickname is The Alien. Do you know what else is going on auction today? The well, I heard that in the news. The yeah. animatronic head of E.T. So sort of, yeah, a bit of a sort of tenuous link. <laughs> The Alien and E.T. auctions in within the same week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Michael Keaton's Batman outfit. Exactly. If, if you could have one superhero costume or one piece of movie memorabilia at your house and you, you have an endless supply of money, so it doesn't matter what you pay for it, what are you going to take? A, a piece of... Memorabilia. Movie memorabilia. So something from a movie. Maybe Indiana Jones's hat. That'd be all right. That's a really good one. Because it's easy to display. Yeah, that's a good one. What would you have? The RV from Breaking Bad. I haven't seen that. Oh. I'm not going to do anything untowards in it because that's what the whole show's based on. Is that a movie, Breaking Bad? Pardon? Well, you just said memorabilia from a movie. I don't think. That's a TV show. It's the same thing, mate. All right. If you're happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 21 minutes past eight. Keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 26 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Look, if you follow us on social media at 1629 SENSA on Twitter or X or Instagram, you'll see the video where Mark Bickley broke the news this morning morning that he missed out on handing the very first Crows Guernsey to Oscar Ryan because he was having a beer out the back of draft night. So there's an admission there. But also, we went through the new draftees for the Port Adelaide Football Club, Mark Bickley. So um, 
while you are getting into them, just a text that comes through, 0427154166. We were talking about things that you would like from a movie set, and you said the hat from Indiana Jones. And Josh from Aldinga Beach says, I reckon Bix could rock the Indiana Jones hat with that draft outfit. It's mm. good feedback. <laughs> the ivory jacket yep. or the beige. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, the Port Adelaide draftees. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tom Anastasopoulos uh, was, yes! pick, was pick 48. Lachlan Charleston was pick 52. And Will Lorenz was pick 57. So Do you know, I, know how to say his name correctly? Tom uh, Anastasopoulos, because there is a player who is one of the best young players mm, in the A-League right now, and he was at Adelaide United. Mm. Do you want me to say his name, or do you want to say it? No, you go. Apostolos Stamatolopoulos. Mm. I'm glad you said it. I thought it was similar to Tom's name. It's a little, got an extra couple of syllables in there. Apostolos Stamatolopoulos. Well, I'm at a loss. <laughs> um <laughs> Can I just say, if anyone was wondering why Port Adelaide had three picks and only had one draft pick going into last night, they had um, two future fourth-round picks put aside for next year. They brought them forward. They traded with a couple of teams last night. Hawthorne was one, and I can't, the other one escapes me. But anyway, they brought them forward because they wanted to add to their list. Question coming in, which I like this one. So is there still drama that potentially could happen tonight or this afternoon in the rookie draft? 0427 154 166. This is from Dean. And I reckon, Dean, this is the text of the day, so you'll get the Signet Boost Power Bank. Morning, boys. Is there any chance the power can nab Borlace in the rookie draft? Well, initially when this was announced... I thought they would have to take him in the national draft because the Crows obviously finished lower than Port Adelaide, so the Crows have first pick in the rookie draft. Then what happened after that? The Adelaide Football Club then uh, placed Will Hamill onto the rookie list, or or, sorry, delisted him and committed to redrafting him. So now Adelaide have two players that they've delisted and they've committed to redrafting. What they have to do is make sure... I would take James Borlace with their first pick. Yeah, that's if good. they took Will Hamill with their first pick, that means Port Adelaide, if they so desired, could take James Borlace with their first pick. So, I like your thinking. Mm, so there's, there's two players. So it'll be interesting to see what order Adelaide sort of recommit. And I think it's probably a, a, you know, a very low chance anyway that Port Adelaide would go down that path. Will also says on the text line, you're not allowed the Wembenyama jersey because, you know, the rules about... Old men wearing jerseys, yeah, which I wasn't going to wear his jersey. I was going to put it on the wall. I fall into that category now as well. By the way, well, look at you! You dressed up like a like a peanut today. Like you're ready to go out and play. Love you too. We'll catch you tomorrow. <laughs> See you, Vicks.